0: Hey, what's going on? Who that nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And thank you so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. Some of you welcome back uh, if you checked out the interview that I did earlier with Dynasty Owner Tim Pepper, um, talking a little bit about DynastyOwner.com, owner.com. Uh, That was a really that was a really fun interview, man. Tim, uh, he comes with a lot of energy. He's extremely passionate. Uh, about what he created and I want to give him a special shout out and all those that are part of dynastyowner.com which we'll get into a little bit later for those that didn't check out the interview but thank you so much for tuning in to talk about today's topic here on the State of the Saints podcast we got to talk about Mickey Loomis comments Uh, Mickey Loomis was on a a Sirius XM show on Mad Dog Sports Radio and uh, he talked a little bit about the quarterback competition and you know, he talked a little bit about Taysom Hill and how you know Taysom Hill has been around the New Orleans Saints. And he talked about how smart he was, and you know how how you know how athletic he is and how many different ways, you know, saying he's been in the game. And he also talked about Jameis Winston, you know, Jameis Winston uh, you know, having all the upside, smart, talented, uh, but at the same time, he's in competition with Taysom Hill. So I want to talk a little bit about that before, before that, I just want to uh, let everybody know in the chat, I really do appreciate you as well. You know, I want to give a shout out to the chat, but you know, looking at uh, the comments um, that I read, cause I didn't check out the interview. I actually looked at uh, NBCSports.com uh to see some of the comments by Mickey Loomis. You know, Mickey is a is not a. He, he's a hard guy to read. You know, Mickey Loomis is one of those guys that you don't know exactly what he's thinking. That can be a good thing and that can be a bad thing. But I also think that he's a company guy. You're not going to get a lot out of Mickey Loomis. Mickey Loomis is a, a negotiator, right? <laughs> you know, Mickey Loomis is one of those guys. He's not going to sing your praises too much because he's the guy that got to pay you, right? And eventually, you know, you got to come to the table. And maybe he has some reservations about you. And so you really don't know what Mickey is thinking. And honestly, you really don't know what the New Orleans Saints are thinking. The New Orleans Saints may be one of those teams that already know what they're going to do. I think the Saints always have a plan. They just keep their plans in-house. That's the reason why we're always up in arms as Saints fans when any news comes out about the Saints. When we heard about Michael Thomas in a, in last season about all the things that was going on in the facility... We lost our doggone minds because nothing really comes out when it comes to the New Orleans Saints. Nothing really gets leaked when it comes to the New Orleans Saints. So there's a reason why when you have interviews like this and you learn, you talk, for, he talks for 30 minutes and you learn absolutely nothing. You come away from the interview as puzzled as you were, as you started. That is uh, the classic example of a Mickey Loomis interview. Like I've seen several Mickey Loomis interviews throughout uh you know my my time as a Saints fan. And this guy can talk 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, and I will learn absolutely nothing. This guy is like one of those guys that talk around in circles, and you're like, what the hell did I just listen to? But I like Mickey Loomis a lot because he's a really good, uh, he's a really good negotiator, man, and he has built the front office that is built to last. And he has brought in some key players for this team. He has evaluated guys, you know, scouted guys, you know, in order for him to get an idea about what he wants the locker room to look like. All right. This guy's the mastermind, along with Sean Payton and so many other guys in in the front office. But let's talk a little bit about both of these two quarterbacks, because honestly, that's what everybody wants to talk about. Let's just be real. That's what we want to discuss. We want to talk about the quarterback competition Let's look at Taysom Hill. Uh, 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 Mickey Loomis said that Taysom Hill was extremely talented. He's smart. He has a good arm. He's done so many things for the New Orleans Saints. Look, Taysom Hill, to say that the Saints don't like him, I I, I think that you would be sadly mistaken, okay? You'll be playing yourself. They really like Taysom Hill. They like him. And I think they want to give him an opportunity to compete for the starting job. And, When we look at Taysom Hill last season, Taysom Hill was a part of some key situations that that helped the Saints win a game. Like I can remember vividly a game that I talk about quite often here is the Monday night football game versus the Los Angeles Chargers. And if you look when in crucial situations, Drew Brees was willing and dealing, right? He, He got the Saints down the field close to the red zone. In the middle of Drew Brees, I think he may have threw like four or five straight passes. Sean Payton uh, pulls Drew Brees out of the game and brings in Taysom Hill for Taysom Hill to run in for the touchdown. So that tells you everything that you need to know. They have confidence in Taysom Hill. There are some times where we as fans sometimes, you know, we look at Taysom Hill and we look at some of the things that he does. And we, we put it up against, you know, a, a classic you know, more of a pro-style quarterback than that of a Jameis Winston. But we just can't deny the guy is extremely talented and he can take over a game. And I also think that even on my part, even on my part, because I had to do some soul searching myself, it it was maybe, what, a year and a half ago when the New Orleans Saints played against the Minnesota Vikings and all of us were yelling and screaming about Taysom Hill He should have stayed in the game because how bad Drew Brees looked in that game. So I don't want to be like, man, I want to turn on Taysom Hill. I want this guy to be successful, okay? So, I mean, I see what Mickey is talking about. The guy is talented. He's smart, and he's well-respected. I mean, this guy is lightning in a bottle, so to speak. You know, his teammates gravitate to him. When he's lowering a shoulder, they're on the sidelines rooting them on. But I just... I don't think that it has anything to do with the fact that Taysom Hill can't play quarterback. I think it has a lot to do with the the morale of the team in in the long run, because you look at Taysom Hill, I went, man, when you look at a guy like this that can run, they set up the RPOs, you got guys out there that are pass catchers, they're going to suffer. And I don't care how team-oriented we think guys are, These guys want the football. They want the football. These guys want to shine. These guys go to Pop Warner High School, College, and the pros in order for them to be a wide receiver, to catch the ball, to put themselves in an elite position, to make the Hall of Fame, hopefully, to be able to generate generational wealth for them and their kids and their kids' kids. And when they're not out there performing, when they're not out there catching the ball, when they're not living up to what they feel their expectations are, It can tick you off. Like I look at the game against the Philadelphia Eagles. We're watching Alvin Kamara soaking on the sidelines in a daze. I can't remember the last time I seen Alvin Kamara look like that ever. Usually Alvin Kamara, even in a loss, he's like, well, it is what it is. Move on to the next week. He has that type of mind frame. Him sitting on the sidelines like that, that was alarming to me. As a fan, it was alarming to me to see a guy that is always so optimistic sitting and soaking on the sidelines looking like all hope is lost and the frustration that he had you know when he he had a screen pass when he had a lane wide open and you know taysom hill throwing rocket balls to him i just feel like that kind of stuff is going to frustrate a guy and not to mention if nothing's there him taking off down the field of course us as fans we're excited if he gets 30 and 40 yards but if a guy wide open and he chooses not to, you know, throw it to him, that can cause a rift in the team because these guys want the football. I'm not saying that Taysom Hill is not talented. What I'm saying is in the long run, I can see that this can be a recipe for a disaster if he doesn't learn how to be more of a pro-style quarterback. I'm just being serious. You look at somebody like Jameis Winston, this is one thing that wide receivers and running backs know they're going to get the football he is going to put the ball in the hands of his playmakers and guys are going to be able to perform. And you have to excuse me, because like I said earlier, when it comes to Mick and you really don't know what he's thinking and he's, he's talking in circles. But I just really feel like this is a bunch of PR stuff right now. I really feel like the Saints are hoping that Jameis Winston comes in and all the stuff that we're seeing on tape and all of the videos and highlight reels that we're seeing is going to culminate... To him being a better quarterback for the New Orleans Saints than he was the last time we seen him as a starter for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That is what I'm thinking. I think the Saints want this for Jameis Winston. If Taysom just so happened to outbeat him, then they I'm pretty sure they probably uh, uh, devise a game plan around him or whatever. But when it all comes down to it, to me, I don't I, I really feel like this is Jameis's job to lose I, i'm serious i think it's his job to lose like if he like it's almost like if you have a heavyweight fighter right and uh, you know he has he has thor's hammer in, in his right hand let's look at you know what i'm saying somebody like you know let's look at deontay wilder for example right a guy that has a high punch out rate right everybody expecting for him to win by knockout all right so if he comes in there and he goes up against a tomato can a scrub or a guy that is borderline good but he's better than and he comes in 30 pounds overweight slow and you know what i'm saying he he, you know like he just does all the things that you don't need to do in order for you to perform and a guy and the guy knocks him out you know like it's, it's your fault like they're giving you everything that you need in order for you to succeed they're giving you the keys to the kingdom all you have to do is accept the keys you know, it opened the door. This is an opportunity of a lifetime for him. And like I said, I'm not knocking uh Taysom at all. But I just feel like they have they have more expectations for Jameis than they do for Taysom, in, in, in my opinion. They they would they would never ever say these things. I mean, of course, you, you don't. You're, you're not gonna say these things, but that's the way I feel about it. I want to thank everybody for being here. Let's go ahead and go to the comments. I don't want to waste anybody's time. To, to my opening dialogue on that. We're going to start with, let's start with, let's start with T. T says, I think he'll limit what Sean can do offensively over the course of a season. I don't even want to say he limited Cause I just think that a guy like Sean Payton is all, is an innovator. He'll find, ways to make Taysom stand out but I just feel like what he does best will frustrate a guy I'm telling you man like look I know what I'm talking about here rather than I'm playing you know so organized football flag football the you know I'm saying regardless if I'm open and I'm burning a guy on the outside every single time or I'm getting the best of a matchup but I ain't getting the football they ain't got as, as, as much team they ain't got enough teamwork in my heart for me not to be frustrated about that. And if you know that you're good and you know that you're talented, and you know that you have what it takes in order for you to to help your team win, and it's not happening, it's gonna frustrate you. It's gonna frustrate you. Loomis knows Jameis got the job. They just want to see if he can prove it. Uh, if it was the system in Tampa or if it was him making bad decisions. And that's a good point. Like, I look, I'm in no way, shape, or form, as much as I like Jameis, as much respect as I have for Jameis. I'm in, I'm in no way saying that he should just walk in on the first day and just give him the starting job. That's not how it works. Anything in life you want, you gotta work for it. Message, you gotta work for it, no matter how talented you are. Like I feel like God blessed me with the ability to to get behind this mic and talk to you all. To get behind a mic and talk to thousands of people throughout South Carolina each and every day. What's it you know what I'm saying? What's it good for if I'm not going to use it? If I'm not going to utilize it? If I'm not going to work on my craft? If I'm not going to after every single show take a look at some of the things that I'm doing. Uh get the feedback from the station manager and production managers what's it what's it good for how am I going to grow how am I going to elevate you need competition folks you know that's that's the problem I have with this world today too many uh you know participation trophies going on around here you gotta earn your spot all these people up here we we're all winners man bump all that they gotta be winners they gotta be losers sometimes you learn through losing you may be the best but how are you going to horn your craft if you're not if you're not sharpening the iron, so to speak? So I'm in no way advocating this guy should come in first day and just be like, man, okay, you're the starter. get all the all the first team reps. No that that there is no way that that should happen. T30 says, I've seen enough of Taysom. I went through a, a lot of Crown Royal with those fumbles. I'm ready to see what Jameis is working with. T30, look, I I, I see what you're talking about. He does fumble a lot. But look, I don't want to just dismiss this man like this, okay? I know I said it, and I I, I repeat it. There's nothing about Taysom I feel like is better than Jameis besides the fact that he can run. But I'm not going to dismiss this guy. I mean, guys get better every single year. Guys develop, and, and they work on their craft. And they become, you know, better. So what you seen last year, I mean, it could have been jitters. It could have like, think about this. Think about this, folks. Think about this, right? You're part of a fortune 500 company and you become an executive, right? And let's just say, for example, you work your way all the way up to the second in charge and Let's just say, for example, the the CEO, the the chairman passes away, right? But this chairman is known for, for, for philanthropy and, you know what I'm saying, being a humanitarian and all these other things, giving money and kissing babies and shaking hands. And here you go, you know what I'm saying, looking at this guy doing this stuff all throughout the years. He passes away. Now it's your turn. You, and you feel in your heart you haven't done remotely what this guy has done. But everybody is looking for you to replicate and to be something that resembles what that executive, that chairman was. You know what I'm saying? That that would be nerve-wracking, right? So I can understand that. Taysom Hill coming to, into a game behind a guy who is arguably the greatest quarterback of all time. The greatest New Orleans Saint of all time. The, great, the greatest player this, this this franchise has ever had is Drew Brees. And you have to come into the game and execute. The expectations is high. Anytime you make a mistake, it's amplified because we're not used to these type of mistakes in certain situations. So I can completely understand the nervous part. So I, 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 I get it. But that's not where I'm standing. What I'm feeling is just the fact that I just, as a quarterback, I just think that Jameis is better when it comes to playing overall quarterback is what I'm saying. Kim says, everyone respects Taysom Hill as a football player. I just don't feel like he can lead the team a whole season at the quarterback position. Kim, that's a good statement right there. And that's a good point. And I think that's where a lot of people are coming from. I don't know if it was Q or not, but he was talking about the, the play call. And I don't think that'll be an issue. Durability is an issue for me, Kim. Durability. Like this guy played four years of, of college football and got hurt every single year. Every single year. Like even when he had four starts, he, he got hurt then. He didn't play in a divisional round game. He had a knee injury. So... Durability is one thing, right? Decision making is another. Like, has he learned how to get the ball out of his hands? Has he learned to trust what he actually sees? There were times where he held on to the football way too long that could have produced some really, really good plays for the team. So, has he learned from that type of stuff, right? I mean, I I don't know. You know, and, and like I said, over the course of time, You have to really be careful about not taking off these offensive players. Ramsey says, but in case, and he didn't uh, have really good ball handling, he fumbled the ball too many times and key situations this season. That is a good point. You know, the last four minutes, I think, against the Atlanta Falcons, he fumbled the football. It just so happened that it bounced out of bounds. That could have been crucial. I mean, Atlanta get that ball back. Who knows? Atlanta would have won that football game. There was even a time we kind of negated it because the play was good when he ran down the field for 40 yards and the ball got stripped. Ball went out of bounds again. So, you know, the football guards are definitely on the side of Taysom Hill. But um, look, for me to sit up here and talk about him turning the ball over and not talk about Jameis turning the ball over, I feel like that wouldn't be fair. Okay. I I don't feel like I don't feel like that needs to even be conversation because in reality it's the pot calling the kettle black so to speak both of them turn the ball over both of them have a history of turning the ball over at an alarming rate so i think we need to knock that off the table right i don't think that we need to make an argument for any of these guys based on a fact of turnovers mistakes may happen you know what i'm saying like people talk about some of the interceptions that james had you know was no fault of his you know like some of the interceptions that, that Taysom threw wasn't no fault of his. It just was, you know what I'm saying? It just maybe somebody ran the wrong route. Maybe, you know what I'm saying, the ball popped up into the air and it was picked off. I remember one of those interceptions. So I don't know. I don't feel like turnovers need to be the, the deal breaker when it comes to either one of these guys because they both turn the ball over. Is that fair? I can't I can't sit up here and just you know just completely destroy Taysom with the fumbles and, and and just completely, like, just forget about Jameis, you know what I'm saying, turning the ball over as well. So I don't feel like that's fair. When it comes to playing quarterback, I think that's where we need to see. Where's the vision as, as a member? You know what I'm saying? Just, just, just close your eyes for a second, right? I'm, I'm, let's just do this all together, okay? Wherever you are right now, if you're driving, open your eyes. <laughs> but close your eyes for a second and just envision – both of these guys at the quarterback position. Let, let's start with Taysom, right? What what looks good at the quarterback position? Moving around in the pocket, right? Left to right, five step, seven step drop, throwing the ball down the field, right? Now look at now close your eyes and think about James, him five seven step drop, him rolling around the pocket, him throwing the ball down the field. now which one of those that you actually see i'll give you a minute i'll give you a few seconds i don't want that that much dead air do you see it i hope you do you know sometimes like honestly sometimes you know that's why i like fishing right That's why I like fishing. I like fishing because it's calming. You get the opportunity to think. You know, when you have so much white noise around you, sometimes it kind of clouds the way that you think. And I just think that sometimes we really just don't take a deep breath, close our eyes and concentrate on what we're actually seeing. And does it really make sense? You know, if it makes sense to you and you envision it, fine but you know make sure you're being realistic about it let's eliminate favoritism let's eliminate goodwill let's eliminate the, the politics from it all you know how nice he is i seen him at the rouses he shook my hand he took a picture with me let's let's eliminate all that all right And focus on exactly what the main focus needs to be. And that is (laughs) who can play the position better. That's it. Thank you very much for the $5 says who that fam and TJ ask yourselves, who do you trust more to accurately read the field? Jameis or Taysom y'all know who has my vote. Who can read the field? To me, Jameis, Jameis reads to feel better. You know, to me, you know, like that's it's not the issue. Jameis' issue is the same issue as Brett Favre. If we if we want to be real, Jameis feels like he can make all the throws. He feels like he can fit the ball through tight windows, which Aaron was on the show a couple days ago, and he proved that he can. Right? You know what I'm saying? He's like. Number one or uh, top three in that particular category. I can't remember what Aaron said. I want to think he was number one. So to me, it's Jameis. Jameis can see the field. The thing about it is, he he has what you call arm arrogance. Right? He's so good in his arm strength and his arm talent is so good. He's arrogant. He feels like <laughs> I can make this throw. No matter if they got two guys over, I can sail the ball right over his head right into the arms of my receiver. Sometimes, that can come back and bite you. The same, Some of the same things that make us laugh makes us cry. Ask the Green Bay Packers fan during the time when Brad Ford was there. They'll tell you. Taysom style won't last 17 games. He will not slide. He's mm, he gonna have to learn to. Brandon says, I would not uh, put a limit on such an athletic player. Yeah, me neither. Cause we need Taysom regardless okay regardless to how this thing turns out we gonna need Taysom, Taysom I, honestly regardless Taysom is the winner in this whole thing now depends on how Taysom looks at it. if you aspire to be something your whole entire life and it doesn't pan out the way that you want it might hurt you but you're still playing football something your, your first love you know you know is your wife your kids and of course God you know, like, this is this is something that you definitely love. So, to not be a part of it at all, I feel like that would be the thing that hurts the worst. I mean, I, I could be wrong. I mean, I could be wrong, but that, that's just the way that I feel about it. Alfred says, but Jameis was a turnover machine in college and in the NFL. I agree with that. He did have some intercession issues, in college as well as the NFL. But here's the thing, Alfred, here's the thing. And I'm not making an excuse. i I really not. I just want people to understand where I'm coming from. Jameis Winston coming out of Bessemer, Alabama, right? Number one, you know what I'm saying? Number one quarterback coming out of college, goes to Florida State. Head coach Jimbo Fisher is there, Right? jimbo fisher entire coaching career and college uh in coaching life rather is basically conjoined to james's success how successful Jameis actually is and when a guy is out there balling out winning football games that's all that really truly matters to a coach at the end of the day sometimes so some sometimes if they see what a person is limited at they probably won't say much or probably won't do as much to try to fix it because, you know, a lot of the them things they they enabled, because Jameis was winning football games. And because he was winning football games, it was making the university look good. It was making the coaches look good. It made Jimbo Fisher look more appealing to other universities. So they kind of let it slide under the rug to me. He goes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. First pick overall, first pick overall back in 2015, he comes in as the savior of that franchise. He's the guy. He's supposed to be the best player because they picked him first. They don't want to destroy his confidence or destroy the way that he is, so they let these type of things, they sweep him under the rug. Instead of them trying to find ways to try to correct him, they don't because everybody in the facility it is hoping and praying that this guy gets them over the hump. So once again, you can look at it like, uh, you know what I'm saying? They didn't really emphasize it as much as they, they should have. I feel like the situation for the first time in Jameis Winston's life in his life. And he said it, he had to really sit down. He, 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 like he had to really come to himself to say at this particular stage, In my life, I am not the best. Now, I mean, everywhere he went, from being in Alabama, in the state of Alabama, he was the best quarterback in the state of Alabama. He goes to Florida State, wins the Heisman, means he was the best player in college football. He was the first pick overall, means he was the best player in his draft class. This is the first time in Jameis Winston's career where he had to come to grips with himself and say, I am not the best. And there's only two things you can do about that. You can lie to yourself, which a lot of us do. Look in the mirror, nah, it ain't me, it's them. It's it's them, it's not me. Or you can say, yeah, it's me. I gotta do something. I gotta change this situation. And then this is the first time also, this is the first time also, that he don't have to, he's not really truly the guy. This is the first time in his entire life Life. He's not just undis- undisputedly the guy. He don't have to go out here and have to turn water into wine. He ain't got to walk on water. You know what I'm saying? He ain't got to do none of these things. This dude was supposed to be the savior of his high school, the savior to bring legitimacy back to Florida State, the savior to bring legitimacy back to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers franchise. The Saints are already established, four-time NFC South champions. Already have the best offensive line in football. Arguably the best wide receiver in football when healthy. Arguably the best running back in football. I mean, come on, man. Like, this dude fell into the best situation he probably ever been in in his entire life, minus probably that Florida State National Championship team. This dude has, like, the and, also, and this is the first time where he don't have to just be that guy. I feel like it's different. It's different, man. Think about this. When you're riding in a car, well, maybe if you're not my wife, but if you're not, if you're just riding in a car, not driving, right? You know what I'm saying? You're a little bit more relaxed. You're a little bit more relaxed. You know what I'm saying? Than actually having a beat, you know what I'm saying? Like driving, have your hand on the wheel. You gotta be alert. You gotta be looking for pedestrians. You gotta be looking for cars. You gotta be looking for stop signs. All these other things. But if you're on the passenger side, though, you see things more. How many times have you actually seen, you know, I mean, you're a little bit more comfortable on the passenger side. How many times you, like, looked around and, man, you've been driving past a certain spot. I'm like, I ain't never seen that before. Man, I've been passing here all this time. You because you're relaxed. You don't have to, you know what I'm saying, have to be on high alert. This is the first time in this dude's career, in his life, rather, probably, that he don't have to be on high alert. All you have to do is just go out there, and and just and just do his thing. That's all we're asking him to do. This is the first. Like, think about this, man. I know they have some Jameis Winston people. You know, what I'm saying like people that have been watching Jameis Winston, like since Florida State. When have you like not seen this dude like be the guy, the dude? I ain't never seen it. This is like the first time in in his career, as long as I've been watching Jameis, as people just don't have like these astronomical expectations for this dude. And I think with that, man, you play a little bit more comfortable. TJ's shirt. Thank you very much for the $2. Said You say BLM, but you always toss me to the ground. (laughs) BSM, right? Black shirts matter. (laughs) Look, man, nah, I definitely I definitely uh have my fair share of black shirts, man. I mean, look, most of the time I would I have a lot of black shirts because I was used to be behind a green screen and it was like the only color that really didn't project. You know what I'm saying? When I wore a white shirt, it just didn't look right. Other shirts, it you know, other things project off there. So I just bought a bunch of black shirts. But um, yeah, man, I love black shirts, man. I, what can I say? Stroll down a little bit. No, there was a little bit more, uh a little bit more that I wanted to go on, but yeah, what it is. Oh, uh, we lost Taysom Hill in the divisional round, and that hurts us, TJ. Yeah, it did. You know, his ability to be able to be that Swiss Army knife that we needed wasn't there. Complex 504 said Jameis is now paired with a head coach and offensive coordinator who will not ask him to do things he isn't incapable of. I agree. They're gonna ask him to do some things that he feel comfortable with. And then they're going to build off that, which I feel like that's what you need to do. But some coaches, you know, they have this ego, which all coaches have egos. But some coaches don't have their egos in check to a point where they don't want to sit down and ask the player, what can they do? They want the player to be what they want them to be because they feel like, oh, if this don't pan out, then I'm going to do it my way. You know what I'm saying? They want to be Frank Sinatra. They want to do it their way. But that's not the way it works. Not the way it works. <laughs> yeah, I think I knew nothing about Frank's and not drown. Remember those uh, the chips that used to uh, come inside the brown can? <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I remember those days. But I was referring to when Taysom was hurt. Uh, we could have used him drastically. Yeah, I agree. Tays- Taysom, we should we we could have used him in a, in a major way. We could have used him in a major way, but that's just not the way that uh, things uh went man that's just not the way things go sometimes uh if the saints have a top 15 defense in camp they're going to make it really hard for james in practice uh if our defense is worth anything winston won't be starting our defense knows who winston is yeah you know i mean they know who he is but they know who taysom hill uh, is as well you know you got to keep that in mind they know who both of these guys are they know who Jameis is and his tendencies based on the fact that they used to play him twice a year when he was in Tampa. And, of course, last year, you know, they – I mean, he, he took uh, snaps. He was, uh, you know, mostly did scout team stuff. So they, they know his tendencies. Lays have deal uh, pickled chips in a plastic bag, but I don't remember ones in a brown can. What are we talking <laughs> – what are we talking about here? Uh, if Peyton had uh, – if Peyton had McCown looking serviceable, it would be Pro Bowl. <laughs> yeah, man, McCown was out there uh, balling out, man. He was, he was out there balling. I ain't gonna lie about that. He had 300 yards passing and almost won that game. He only played two years and threw 65 touchdowns and 28 picks. I swear, people be talking out there behind. Yeah, you know, but look, I, I'm I'm not really into all that stuff. All these guys have a clean slate to me. I, i'm just being real all these guys got a clean slate to me everything we talking about with where James happened in another team's uniform taste them that happened last year not the same team another year under your belt more comfortability been out there understand the speed of the game so man it, it's, it's a brand new season man all this stuff about what happened last year two years ago three years ago ain't gonna do nothing it's about this year and what they can do this year. Two head coaches, three offensive coordinators in five years. How can a young quarterback learn a system that was not good anyway? And uh, let's make, make no mistake about it. The offense, Bruce Arians' offense, is still not very good. I mean, I'm just being honest. I know they won the Super Bowl, and Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans will tell you, well, we won. But y'all didn't win until they actually start to make that offense comfortable for Tom Brady. You know, we and Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans can come on here all they want to. We can go back and forth and all that kind of stuff. But y'all know the truth. I mean, Tom Brady before that bye week, he was on pace to get 20 interceptions. So it wasn't until they actually start to put some things in there, throwing up like, honestly, when, when, when did the Tampa Bay Buccaneers start throwing screen passes? Somebody please tell me that. That they, they didn't. If they threw screen passes, they didn't throw them quite, quite often. When did the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, under Bruce Arians, ran as much as they did? They didn't. It wasn't until they started to implement some of the things that made Tom Brady, you know, work in 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 New England, and combine that with some of the plays out there that that Bruce Arians wanted to run. Did they find success? So look to me you know like i I still don't think that's a really good offense charles chips are the only chips i remember in a can pringles don't count (laughs) uh during preseason uh four yes uh so let's average uh average the number he averaged 32.5 touchdowns to 14 picks that's greater uh than a two to one ratio I'm not even on that no more. I don't feel like that's going to – I I don't feel like that's a deal breaker like because it happened on a different team. Just because a guy doesn't work for one team don't mean that he's not going to – I mean, he's going to not work for another. I mean, we've seen this before in the NFL. Guys go to another team, become much better because they got a coach that believes in them and and a scheme that works for them. To run the ball, yes, but it shows that he still don't read defenses as good. Jameis Winston never had a supporting uh, cast in five years, and he has a supporting system now. And uh, now, TJ, well, if we're talking about supporting cast when it comes to the coaching standpoint, I have to agree with you on that. When it comes to him having a supporting cast on the field, I can't agree. I can't uh, agree with that because I mean he has some of the best talent. Uh, when it comes to wide receiver position tight tight ends and, and you know that that you can have you know chris godwin is not a slouch mike evans is, isn't a slouch i mean cameron break is not a slouch oj howard when he's healthy is not a slouch um you know you can say something about the running back position you know ronald jones and stuff like that he wasn't uh doing what he did when uh james was there and you didn't have Leonard fournette and Doug Martin was on his way out, and, you know, I think they had Barber. You know, he wasn't really running the ball as effective, so it is what it is. Um, I want to take this opportunity uh, to mention the sponsors of the State of the Saints podcast. Uh, first, I want to mention Manscaped.com. Uh, go to Manscaped.com for all your male grooming needs. Uh, go use the promo code STATE OF SAINTS, and you will save 20% off of your purchase at Manscaped.com. And also want to give a special thank you to uh, Tim from Dynasty Owner uh, Fantasy Sports uh, that we did an interview earlier, uh, earlier today. Um, It was a really good interview, man. Uh, We talked a little bit about Dynasty Sports. So I just want to mention it to you uh, from DynastySports.com. He says, are you tired of the same old fantasy football leagues that you hear about online that get canceled after a year or so? If so, Dynasty Owner has your back. Dynasty owner unites the fun and excitement of fantasy football with the skills and strategy of the front office by incorporating a salary cap and a real NFL salary for diehard fantasy football fanatics. They want the real GM experience. They add a whole new level of strategy to fantasy football. We think it's such a big difference that we hold three patents on it. So go to dynastyowner.com, the new league, for the 2021 season is forming right now that's dynastyowner.com so once again thank you to uh tim peffer uh for being a part of the state of the saints podcast today telling us a little bit about dynasty owner once again it's a little bit different than fantasy football you're actually uh actual gm you know electronic gm so for all the people that really don't understand about salary caps and how it works uh you know you can actually learn about those type of things by uh trying dynasty owner so dynastyowner.com y'all check them out but let's get back to the comments the offense will probably look uh a little stagnant the first couple of games and get uh, things together i said the same thing brandon you know i could be wrong but it wouldn't surprise me if you know that's the case Keith says, like I said, bro, it don't matter who's the starter. I'm just ready to watch our guys kick some you-know-what. Yeah, you know, like that's all that matters to me, you know. That's all that matters to me. I don't I, I don't care who the start, as long as, as long as that person gets the job done. Every quarterback played under Arians had a career-high in interceptions, which a lot of people don't like to bring up, but it is true. I mean, everybody from Peyton Manning, from Ben Rocklisberger, from Tom Brady, all, you know, Tom Brady almost – was in the 20 interception uh room. You had Carson Palmer out here throwing interceptions. Uh, you had Andrew Luck out here throwing interceptions. You know, but, you know, you gotta pay attention to those things. Correct, TJ, i.e., the quarterback who left Miami and looks good for the Titans. We're talking about Ryan Tannehill right there. Uh Gickerton says must try them. Yeah, give him a shot. Give him a shot. Uh, I don't think the defense can key in on Taysom as easily as Winston. Uh Taysom has a 4-4 four, four speed, which will uh keep the D more honest. Ultimately, he gets paid in the bigger playbook, right? No, I mean, look, he has speed, but you have to know how to use that speed. See, this is this is what people, this is where I feel like people get misconstrued, you know, sometimes. And you know, I'm not picking on anybody, but I think a lot of people just think that if one thing works for somebody. It just automatically works for another. For example, a lot of people feel like Taysom Hill is the answer at quarterback because I've seen this before. People like, this is the new wave of quarterback. This is how it's working. They they look at Lamar Jackson and they pair him up against Taysom Hill. They're, they are two different type of quarterbacks. Lamar Jackson is extremely elusive. This dude is like, if you watch Michael Vick in his prom, Lamar Jackson is Michael Vick on steroids if, if you look at how elusive this dude literally becomes a running back when he gets out of the pocket Taysom Hill has lateral speed right you know what I'm saying he might get to the edge faster than you you know what I'm saying he might hit the hole run up the middle but he ain't shaking nobody he ain't about to juke nobody out their shoes if you come and you blitz Taysom Hill and he can't run left to right or he run forward or something like that like, can he deliver the ball on time, like, out of the pocket like Lamar Jackson can do? Can he flip the ball, like, 60 yards to Hollywood Brown? Or, in this case, Deontay Harris, like like Lamar Jackson can do? No. I just feel like people look at Taysom Hill and they say he's fast, but there's a different type of fast. Like, Taysom Hill ain't juking nobody out there shoes. You know what I'm saying? Like, he just, he just fast. You know what I'm saying? Like, if he running straight, straight line, yeah. He'll probably, you know, get past some defenders and stuff like that, you know, before he get tackled or end up getting into the end zone. We've seen it against the Falcons. But I just feel like people are looking at Lamar Jackson's success and they're trying to compare Lamar to Taysom. There are two different quarterbacks, man. If you ever watch Lamar Jackson play, you have to believe in your heart that Taysom Hill is not like this dude. They're both fast. But Lamar Jackson is, like, on a whole nother level, man, like a completely different level than Taysom is running running at RPO. I mean, it's like night and day. I get it. I get it because, you know, it works. So we're like, if it works for them, it should work for us, right? Because our our coach is a better offensive innovator than uh, John Harbaugh is. But, man, Lamar Jackson is on another level. I wish people would create their own opinions instead of listening to other people or ESPN's opinions. I feel like everybody's opinion is the same as the next guy. Slant Boy has played out already. Yeah, that's the thing, Inevitable. You know, like people don't draw their own conclusions. I don't have this show to have an amen corner, despite what some people may believe. I respect everybody's opinion. When I have a difference of opinion than what I read, I'm in no way dismissing you or poo-pooing on your you 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 know poo on your statement or your question i just have a difference of opinion than you do stand by your opinion right if, if you feel strongly about it stand by it but if somebody is giving you some credible information absorb it that's the reason why early in the show i asked everybody to close their eyes because sometimes if everybody's saying the same thing we're all in the comments we're reading the comments and The person's opinion is different from ours and we're only focused on trying to prove to that person that they're wrong. If a person has in their heart what they believe, it is hard for a person to change their mind if they wholeheartedly believe that that is the way a situation is. That I mean, it's just the truth. But what we need to start doing is appreciating people's opinion, even if it's a difference. But we also need to open ourselves up in order for us to see things another person's way and it doesn't make us weak and it doesn't make us sorry if we end up finding out that what this person's saying is is factual or more accurate than me you know like there's nothing wrong with that but we have to be careful too not to allow narratives to go into our subconscious and it create it makes us believe that what we're what we're hearing and what we're saying actually comes from us you know they used to have like a i think i want to say a couple years ago right they had like this big investigation about a casino uh they had this casino that was doing subliminal messages right over the music they had somebody on the mic talking and speaking and telling people to continue to gamble now these people didn't realize they were doing this but it was actually going into these people's subconscious and caused them, you know, in order for them to like continue to gamble. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we have to we have to be careful with that. And we also have to be careful uh, with gaslighting. You know what I'm saying? Like you got a lot of people out here that, that's gaslighting, too. You know, and I, I encourage everybody to check out this movie called Gaslight. Some of y'all probably heard of it It's an old movie. Uh, where a guy tried to trick his wife into to believe that she was going, you know what I'm saying? Like she was going crazy. It was like, you know what I'm saying? She, he wanted her to believe that she was actually seeing things. And, and you know what I'm saying? In order to affect her mind, we have to be careful with the gaslighting too, folks. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes people want us to believe certain things, you know what I'm saying? And, and they force us to try to. So we have to come up with our own, we have to come up with our own opinion about things, read the literature, man. Like, don't like, as much as I appreciate everybody, don't even just watch the State of the Saints podcast and feel like you, you learning everything about the team. And I appreciate that for being the go to one of your go to people to give you that information. But also, man, like, you know, go out here, do some reading, do some research on your own. You might find out that, you know, you might think differently from me. And there's nothing wrong with that there's there nothing wrong with that at all, man, so let's make sure that you know we, we are learning and we're also like doing the research on our own because that is how people go out here jump out the window for causes and and, and different uh things they feel like you know are right and end up you know what I'm saying some it's it's a agenda behind it like stand on your own two feet, I don't care what it is. If you decide to go out there, make sure that you did your research in order for you to go out there and say the things and do the things and take part in things. Thanks, TJ. That's exactly what I'm saying. And if he is the starter, Peyton won't be able to open that playbook like he really want. to. I think that, regardless, um, Sean will find a way to use uh, Taysom. You know, I, I don't think that it would have involved a playbook. I just think down the line it might tick a lot of guys off. <laughs> Absolutely. I hope our defense still play at a high level. Me too, cuz cuz they're going to need to. They're going to need to, Brandon. There, there's no there's no way around it. Like that song say ain't no way around it. Yeah, you know, ain't no way around it. Like they got to play better defense. Cody says he did with Mike uh many times while being blitz. Yeah, he did deliver the ball, you know what I'm saying? He 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 did deliver the ball to Michael Thomas a few times during a blitz. You know, I will give him that, you know, and and it's okay, man. He made some good throws. I seen a couple of dimes come out of Taysom Hill, hey? I remember a couple of passes he threw look real good, you know? I mean, not true, man. He did many times uh, delivering the ball during blitz. Yeah, I mean, he did. I mean, he threw some dimes, man. I ain't going to just sit up here and just say, like, Taysom Hill just out here throwing wobbly ducks all the time, man. <laughs> you know, because that's, that's not true. Like, he, he, he's, thrown, he's thrown some dimes, man. He's thrown some dimes, so I'm not going to, like, just completely, like, just dismiss him like that. Uh, Taysom is good because it's hard for teams to prepare for him uh, when they have to prepare for the starter. Yeah. You know, because you don't know what he can do. I mean, he he can do a, like a a variety of things, so they don't know how to approach it. Taysom be out there throwing punts. <laughs> yeah, he has thrown some like some elbows out there, man. And it, it was more what Emmanuel Sanders was doing, more so than, you know, what Taysom did. But of course, if a pass gets down the field, oh, what a pass by the quarterback is never a great catch by the receiver. Hmm. Receivers don't really get as much credit. Hey TJ, somehow I'm interested in watching Keith Washington Jr. this training camp. Hopefully he's a diamond in a rough this year. What you think? I like Keith Washington a lot. Uh I honestly have been uh in conversations uh with his uh, his agent. And you know, I'm trying to get Keith Washington on the show. Uh so I mean I talked to his agent maybe a while back, he said he was uh doing some things. So as soon as uh, Keith Washington has some availability, and if you're watching the State of the Saints podcast, I would love to have him on the show. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I've am i been definitely trying to get Keith Washington on the show for a while now, but I mean, his schedule, he's been kind of chilling, you know, for training camp and stuff like that, reached out to his uh manager. So hopefully, you know, we'll be able to see him on the state of saints podcast, talk a little bit about, you know, his career and how he feel like year number two is going to be for him. LOL. I hate they call him slant Thomas when his stat show uh, is not uh, he's, most uh used route uh it's not his most used route look I, Tom I don't care about what people think about Michael Thomas Michael Thomas is a good wide receiver like we like to put levels on what makes a good wide receiver the objective of a wide receiver is to catch the football right they ain't say in order for you to be a good wide receiver you have to run nine routes straight routes down the field you got to run uh post routes no the objective is to catch the football when they throw you the football right they they come up with all these analytics and all this kind of stuff to try to discredit these guys in my opinion in some cases some cases they want to validate them right so they and if they want to discredit them they can that's all it is to it i don't buy into the nonsense it's like saying floyd mayweather is not a good boxer because he don't knock people out i mean objective is to you know hit and not you know i'm saying hit somebody and not get hit that's the objective but people like pay attention Oh man. They look at somebody like Wilder. They look at somebody like Triple G. They looking at Canelo knocking folk out. That's what we want. That's what it takes to be the greatest boxer. No, it don't. The objective is to be hit. I mean, to hit and not get hit. The objective is to catch the football. We just put these little spins on this stuff about, and and we create what we want in order for us to, like I said, validate. Who is great? Who is not? The dude is a good wide receiver, no matter how you want to cut it, spin it, whatever. Call him Slant Boy, you can call him all you want to. Slant Boy has 149 receptions. Slant Boy has 1,700 yards and nine touchdowns the last time he was healthy. Slant Boy was two-time first-team All-Pro. Slant Boy, last time he was healthy, was the number five player ranked among his peers in the National Football League. So call him whatever you want to call him, but just don't call him a bad wide receiver. That, that's something for all these other people uh, to come up with because we like the show. We like the excitement. We like the splash. We like the splash plays. That's why a lot of people, you know, you'll look at somebody like, you know, Tim Duncan. You know what I'm saying? They don't really have an appreciation for him because he ain't dunking all over people's head He just trying to find that square in order for him to hit that 20 foot dump uh, jumper off the backboard. Or, you know what I'm saying? Or uh, 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 hitting that, you know what I'm saying? That 15 footer off the backboard oh it's boring it's putting me to sleep but guess what Tim Duncan is still a five-time champion now you can look at Kevin Garnett blocking and yelling and screaming and all that kind of stuff but how many championships does he have one does that make Kevin Garnett a better player than Tim Duncan no means that does it make him a more passionate player no just one guy's more animated than another and we fall for that every time man I don't care what the dude can do I don't care if he running slants or not. Even if that was the case, stop it, stop it, man. Seriously, if somebody come to your house and say, "Man, I'm about to kick open your door and punch you in the face," are you gonna sit up there and wait for him and sit on the couch and just whistle and hmm, he should be here by now? No, you're gonna be like, you know what I'm saying? Okay, I'm outside. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like waiting on you. <laughs> Seriously like if if you have a problem with it and somebody like you know what a person is going to do stop it if you can't then he must be much better than a lot of people think saying he is stop it you know just stop it what's the best uh let's see what's the best route uh you know look the route they get the route that can get the ball in your hand. <laughs> Shoot, whatever it is. It could be a wide receiver screen. It could be a quick slant. It can be a out route. It can be a post route. It can be a deep post. It can be a <laughs> Shoot, a 10 and in, hitch and go, street. whatever with me, whatever route <laughs> where you know what I'm saying I get pass defending, and and I catch the ball is the best route. TJ, check out uh the quarterback competition break uh by hall of fame kurt warner awesome breakdown uh between Taysom and james i'm gonna have to check that out you know second person i i heard say that you right i'm gonna have to check that out uh yeah uh gg they mad because uh thomas abusing their favorite team cornerback all day pretty much buck fan the falcon fan have been calling him slant boy for the past year now because they can't stop him that's why like a Falcon fan can't say nothing. What can they really say? They can't stop a nosebleed over there. Can't stop traffic with a stop sign, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, seriously, like what? Like honestly. Couldn't stop time with a stopwatch. And they want to tell, talk about somebody wide receiver. Couldn't keep the best wide receiver in the last decade happy. He had to go to Green and Passions because he felt like that's the only way he going to win. These boys threw a 25-point lead in the Super Bowl. What can a Falcon fan possibly tell you? These boys out here need a future quarterback. They out here getting a tight end. They up here like thinking they, I mean, whiff after whiff after whiff on defense. Vic Beasley, gone. Tag McKinley, gone. Uh, Keanu Neal, gone. Casey, gone. Like, what? Well, come on, man. Give me a break. What can a Falcon fan say about anything? Buccaneers fan just got in the room, just got in the conversation about relevance. Just got there. You know, they can say whatever they want, but the best receiver the Saints got dominate their team averages over almost close to hundred yards per game. And they best wide receiver Mike Evans had his first touchdown in about two years against Marshall Lattimore in a divisional game, which means it didn't count, which means that the catches that he had don't matter. You know what I'm saying? Like, so in the last two years of the regular season, Mike Evans has yet, to get a catch or a touchdown on uh, on uh, Marshawn Lattimore. That, that's a fact. So miss me with it. <laughs> I'm going to read a few more, then we're going to get up out of here, folks. Brandon also says, my thing is, any wide receiver can catch passes running downfield. But at some point, you want to see if they're mentally tough enough to catch passes over the middle um, or uh, the, f- uh, in the middle of the field like Thomas. I agree i agree you know but look if you want to see what they can do but at the same time if they're limited to what they can do how can you blame them for that and we talked about this before drew breeze was limited so a lot of guys weren't able to utilize the strengths that made them you know make the big dance come to the you know what i'm saying come to the nfl so let's see what these guys can do this year, man. Let's see what these guys can do. That's why I'm not, like, losing my mind about wanting or needing a wide receiver. Like, I don't know what these other guys can do. Maybe what we're looking for is in, in the facility right now. Derek says, my opinion is I think they should name their starting quarterback so they wouldn't uh be any uh, separation in the locker room. Well, Derek, look, you, you can't name a quarterback right now because – you have to have your team on board and the way that you get these guys on board is for them to go out there and see it with their own two eyes. They got to see it. You you don't look, it's like with with Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tua Tagovailoa, right? Ryan Fitzpatrick was playing really well and they decided to make the, the change in the midst of them actually playing pretty doggone good. So that would cause the whiff, right? You know what I'm saying? Because they watched practice and they seen that at that particular stage in training camp, going into the regular season, that Ryan Fitzpatrick was the better choice over Tua. But the, the powers that be from upstairs made that decision. If guys going to training camp and they're seeing these two guys compete and they're watching Taysom play better than Jameis or Jameis play better than Taysom, it's an easy pill to swallow when you can actually see it versus you coming in and you're seeing in your locker, uh, Jameis getting all the first team reps. Well, you might have some guys that like uh, Taysom and they feel like that's unfair. So that right there can cause a, a rift in, inside of the locker room. Like doing that before the season even starts. So allow training camps to take place. Allow preseason to take place and then make your decision based on what, what you actually see. And it also gives you an opportunity to see as well as the other other teammates be able to see who is the better quarterback and they won't have any problem all right now i'm just asking everybody if you're liking the state of the saints podcast go ahead and hit the thumbs up Let everybody know that you uh enjoying the state of the saints podcast go ahead and hit that thumbs up really would appreciate it folks uh Jameis turned down stanford hmm Do you think Blake uh, Gilligan will be able to fill the shoes of Thomas Moistead? Only time will tell, Frank. Only time will tell. Um, Thomas Moistead has done an outstanding job since he came to the New Orleans Saints. Definitely the greatest punter the Saints ever had. And, uh, you know, I mean, he does have big shoes to fill. But we'll see. I mean, he had a really great net average when he was at Penn State. And uh, there's some competition going on. The Saints didn't just give him the job. So there's some competition. So if he doesn't. Uh, beat out the other punter, then he won't be on the team at all. No, Taysom turned down Stanford. Yeah, Taysom turned down Stanford. Yeah, Taysom did. Taysom Hill turned down Stanford because of uh, Jim Harbaugh leaving. Damien says, Hey, TJ, maybe I'll get to see you. I'll be in Myrtle Beach next week. Okay, man, just let me know when you come down. You know, maybe, you know, we can meet up somewhere. That ain't no problem love to see people that's uh you know fans of the state of saints podcast and you know all the supporters all around the country and stuff like that you go in places and people recognize you know and talk about how much they appreciate the show i mean that's humbling i watched Jameis lead the league and interceptions since being drafted i don't have to watch film well sometimes you do have to watch film because sometimes those interceptions don't always tell you the whole story and also, you just got to look at the fact of what they're asking him to do. You know? I mean, we seen, okay, if, if we're, if we're going to do it like that, should we say, Taysom, I've seen Taysom Hill get hurt all four years of college. I don't need to see no more. I know that he's injury prone. Is that fair? If I say, Taysom has been fumbling the football every time he's got an opportunity to start in a game, you know, I've seen enough. He ain't never going to, you know what I'm saying, he always going to fumble the football. That wouldn't be fair, right? So we can't just just put a mark or, you know saying, on somebody and just say, oh, that just, it, it is what it is. Jameis, you know what I'm saying, has, you know, thrown interceptions. And, you know, like that that's something that, you know, that, that can't be disputed. But I'm not going to just write the guy off based on that. If, if that was the case, then we need, to, like I said, we need to write off Taysom. Because Taysom has gotten hurt and has season-ending injuries every single season he was at BYU, every single year. So for us to say, you know, man, I've seen enough. Is just a matter of time before Taysom get hurt? Not fair, right? Jeremiah says if uh, the other teams... Uh going to the playoffs, NFC or AFC Championship, the Super Bowl in LA, February 2022. Give me a hell to the nah, now, no. Now. Uh I'ma give you a hell to the nah, but I'm gonna explain why. I, I kinda I'm on a fence with that one, but I'll give it to you, Jerry. Hell no. To the now, now, now. Hell to the no. Yeah, Jeremiah. I'll I tell you, you know, look, I don't know what this season is gonna turn out to be. I'm confident, I'm hopeful that the Saints uh, end up in the Super Bowl. But for me to say, like, just for a short thing, I don't know, okay? I, I don't know how this season is going to turn out. Hopefully, uh, they get that Super Bowl, but if they do, I'm going to be turned all the way up. But um, we'll see, man. We'll see. I'm confident. They my pick. Uh, yeah, t- uh, yeah, Taysom Hill does have a fumbling problem. Uh, we could have beaten Green Bay last year if he didn't fumble. Uh, Cody Jameis led the league in picks one year. Stop it. He led the league in touchdown passes and yards too. Yeah. That's a good point. All I'm saying is, man, we can't just say we can't just write guys off. We gotta be careful with that, man. We gotta be careful with that. because we And like I said, we gotta be careful about what we're actually saying. We gotta be careful with that, man. Cause you know, we can't just you can't just write people off. I just think we need to appreciate the efforts that guys put towards, if it does not work, then we have this conversation, but all predetermined and all the kind of stuff about what a guy going to do if he starts, we don't know. You know, we, we all have our reservations. We do like we, we all want one guy to end up being a starter for our own search sur- on our own reasons, but I'm not wishing anybody bad luck. I want both of these guys to perform. I want, I want the competition to be so hard that they they basically almost have to flip a coin to do it. That, that's that type of competition I want. Because if that's the case, then we in good shape. With that logic, Taysom Hill so injury prone, he missed a playoff game, we lost. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just feel like, you know, you just can't write a guy off, you know, based on like what they did in the past. Uh just because a quarterback throws an interception. Uh, does not make it all on the quarterback. Could be the old line with bad blocking, long play. These people don't think it all the way out uh, before they comment. Yeah, you know, I, I don't think people don't think it out. I just think that, um, like I say, man, people people know what they want. <laughs> like, like. They know what they want, and there's nothing wrong with it, right? There's nothing wrong with that. That's what makes this world so beautiful, man, that we all have a difference of opinion. But guess what? This is one of those special things where the chickens are going to come home the roof, so to speak, right? We're going to figure it out. We're going to see one way or another who's the better quarterback. It's not like how it is our people be comparing LeBron to Michael Jordan. Those two will never play each other. Ever, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't, like you you can say LeBron the best, Jordan the best. These two will never play each other. You can have as many barbershop talks as you want to. This will never happen. This particular competition will happen, and we will get our answer. That's the best part of all of this. What y'all thoughts? I was gone. Uh, I don't know exactly what we're talking about here, elite goods. But we you know, speaking of uh gone, we're about to get up out of here too. Travis says the Saints have an elite team. The most fans uh, would love to, uh, especially New York. I think the NBA uh, doesn't like small markets in a big game. Two years in a row, reps call Saints in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, right now. You know, you're looking at uh, the NBA finals. Like they're up here talking about the NBA finals, not drawing certain numbers and all that kind of stuff. First off, um, I don't think it has absolutely nothing to do with the team's. And it has everything to do with the media, to me. The media does not treat all people equally. They don't. And I'm not even talking about the ESPN stuff. You know, I mean, that's, I ain't got nothing to do with that. But they they make a one person larger than life. And they put everybody else down here. So if you're always talking about this person, right? What's happening with all these other people down here? You're, you there's certain people in 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 Phoenix I mean if you ask who uh Phoenix Suns fan who the starting five is they'll tell you if you, you ask somebody that lives in Miami who the starting five is you know what I'm saying without looking at TV they probably couldn't tell you it's because the media has their picks and chooses and they just continuously stay with the script that's why it's so important for you to learn and and talk about other teams So if it just so happened that your golden boy doesn't make it, it still gives people an opportunity to care about those other players. So if the ratings are down and people don't have an interest in what they're actually watching, it's not their fault because you have trained them. Yes, I'm saying train because that's what the media does. You have trained people and you have convinced people that, unless it's LeBron James or Kevin Durant or Kawhi Leonard, or I don't know, you know what I'm saying? Some other player out there like Damian Lillard, then they don't matter. It's just as simple as that. So if you have somebody, I'll throw Giannis in there too. I'll throw Giannis in there too. But Giannis is not on a level of a LeBron or a KD or any of those other guys that they talk about. He's not. So if they have an issue when it comes to the finals and ratings and drawing and all that kind of stuff it's the media's fault because you're so busy trying to walk around and look and and follow around LeBron James and see what LeBron James going to tweet and seeing what LeBron James is going to do and and is LeBron James he tied his shoe at the mall and what we think about that like it's your fault you you have a service to people you have a service to the people you, you have a service to the people that invest their time in you. And if you are not doing your due diligence and working hard to the best of your ability to give them the facts, to give them information that they can carry with them, then you're not doing your job. You're not doing your job. And I get it. I know the recipe. I encourage anybody, if they they, they haven't seen uh this documentary was called uh, Bird versus Magic, right? The NBA was struggling during the 80s. So they put two guys at the forefront. They put Larry Bird, of course, y'all know Boston Celtics, Larry Bird, and they focus on Magic Johnson for the Los Angeles Lakers. They will put these two guys' games on in Boston on the east on, on the East Coast, and then when that game goes off. They'll put magic game on TV. And that's all they talk about. Magic bird, magic bird, magic bird. Well, you had so many other guys coming through. What about Akeem wine You know what I'm saying? He was he was good. What about Jordan? He was coming along. Uh, you know, Isaiah Thomas, all these other dudes. You know what I'm saying? And then when like the Detroit Pistons start winning championships, people didn't know what to think about it. And that's when they started, oh, gave them the whole bad boys moniker because they had to, because those guys were coming. And and the problem is, they don't really talk about guys until they crash the party. They've been following the same bird and magic narrative since the 80s. Everybody does it. Every sport does this. Every last one of them. And that's the reason why we're in this mess right now. They tell you that we need to give people like, uh sam dono a chance because he changed over from a a, a bitten franchise like the jets he struggled with the jets but when he come to carolina everything is going to change but then at the same time they'll tell you james winston is a lost cause somebody tell me was tampa bay not a struggling franchise did they not have issues just like the jets but that's what they'll tell you that's exactly what they'll tell you that's the narrative folks And if you're not careful, back to what I said originally, you will fall into that trap. That's the issue with media in my opinion. The constant takes on the same individuals over and over and over again and not having appreciation for the talents and the abilities of these other guys. I mean... (laughs) <laughs> that's just the way I see it. That's the, that's just the way I see it, man. You know, I, I'm I'm just thinking about this, man. They they elevate these guys and they, you know, they elevate these guys, put them up here, and when they're not around, people just stop caring. Be careful, man. Keep your eyes open, folk. Keep your eyes open. I'm gonna read uh one more after this. My big brother EJ said, "What up, SOTS Nation?" and uh. TJ, do you think primetime was the greatest NFL player of all time? Um, It's hard for me to say who the greatest player of all time. I mean, it's different positions. I feel like we have to put that into positions. Greatest cornerback of all time? Absolutely, without saying. Greatest player of all time? Hard for me to say. It's hard for me to say this person was the greatest player of all time. I mean, for me to say that, they would have to play like all the positions, you know, like I did feel like you have to characterize that. You got to put that into categories. I can't like, I, I can't say that. You know? <laughs> like, you know, can, you know, can he go out there and give you 1700 yards receiving like, like uh Jerry Rice could, you know what I'm saying? Like, could he, like, I know he can play some receiver. He can catch the ball. I mean, we've seen cases like that, but, um, for me to say he's the greatest player, no, I, I can't say that. I, I I can't say that. I can't say that he's the the best player of all time, man. Yeah, but uh, that's that's all I gotta say, man. Thank y'all so much for being a part of the State of the Saints podcast. I, I really do a, I really do appreciate it. Uh, once again, man, just uh, just learn and do your research on your own. Sometimes you know, there's nothing wrong with trusting in people, but Also, do your own research, and you'll have a better appreciation for what you're actually looking at and reading. Uh, Make sure that you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Make sure before you leave, you give your boy a golden thumbs up. Let everybody know that you are uh, enjoying the State of the Saints podcast. Uh, Previous episodes available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM. Special thank you uh, goes out to DynastyOwner.com. Uh, also to manscaped.com, use that promo code, folks. Make sure you're using that promo code, State of Saints, saving 20% off. Really do appreciate your time. Enjoy the rest of your day. Like always, all I got to say is, who that